0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of El Cuento Podcast, Halloween edition. As always, it's Giselle,
1: Noelle, Susanna. Today we have something different in store for you guys. We thought about putting a twist to our original episodes by stepping into the realm of fairy tales. I feel like when we usually mention fairy tales, we tend to think about children and how they're specifically for them, but in reality, as we dive deeper into this rabbit hole to find that this is not always the case.
0: I feel like these sort of stories are told to keep kids calm and get them ready for bed, so it tends to be very lighthearted and usually ends on a happy note, majority of the time. Usually if it's scary or doesn't end on such a good note, we expect for it to close off in a more anticipatory note, and it tends to be seen as a scary story, not so much a fairy tale. Um, I think that within itself, it is a big issue when we do these stories as They no longer fit into the fairy tale realm. So then we have to start distinguishing when and where um, we can fit into these categories. Essentially, they're made of the same things. The protagonist, the mystical creature, good and bad forces, and majority of the time, unexpected things.
2: That's a good point. I haven't really thought about the whole concept or aspect of categorizing things. It's really interesting because when you do you really draw the line to say, oh, this doesn't retain in this subcategory, but this does, you know?
1: Yeah, it's really weird. Like, we usually don't know the specific boundary that these fairy tales can push. I mean, I was having a conversation with my dad earlier talking about um, Hansel and Gretel. Um, I don't know if you guys heard about it, but I'll go into it um, in a second. But I told him about the story and they were basically saying how this is not a fairy tale because of the gruesomeness but we've seen this so many times and these fairy tales are not put into light
2: why do you think that is uh, i feel like most people won't consider them a fairy tale because fairy tales are associated like a lot with kids so if they're not appropriate for them like they're not going to be considered
0: yeah i think that when we see fairy tales that end this way, like we tend to identify them as scary stories, not so much fairy tales. And I think it's similar to what Susanna was talking about. It's more so how appropriate it is for um, kids. I don't feel that necessarily that genre is solely that. I think that there are various branches that come out of this. I think it's just the misinterpretation that we've um, come to de- develop over the years.
1: In correlation to that, there's actually this writing duo that go by the name of Brothers Scrim. And they publish various fairy tales. And it's mostly about like more gruesome aspect. And they intended their audience to be more educated people on fairy tale matters. But the people who ended up buying the majority of their copies were actually parents. And they're the ones that started to tell these stories to their kids. This shows that the intended audience wasn't really for children, but they've kind of twisted their way into thinking that it was. Bringing back Hansel and Gretel, which is one of the more well-known fairy tale stories out there, which is also written by Brothers Grimm. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of this, but the Hansel and Gretel story goes like this. The story of Hansel and Gretel is a family that lives in a forest. The father is very poor with a wife and two children. This family is so poor that there are times when they cannot provide food for the family. The wife thinks abandoning their kids in the forest will solve this problem. While the father is hesitant and does not like this idea, he still follows the wife's plan. The first time they act on their plan is unsuccessful because the kids hear about it and leave a trail of pebbles to find their way back. Unfortunately, Hansel and Gretel are unprepared the second time and lose themselves in the forest because they made their trail back out of bread. As they try to find their way back, they find a house made of bread, cake, and sugar. The house belongs to a witch that welcomes them at first, but we soon find out that she's a witch that waits for children to cook them, kill them, and eat them. The witch traps Hansel and feeds him until he can get plump enough for her to eat But she gets impatient and is ready to cook both the children, Hansel and Gretel. She tries to make Gretel crawl inside the oven and check if it's hot enough to bake bread. Gretel played dumb, pretending she didn't know how to crawl in. The witch was astonished and gave her an example. As soon as she got close enough to the oven, Gretel gave her a big push. She closed the iron door and bolted. She began to scream and the witch burned to death. Before they leave, the children take the jewels and pearls from the witch's house and take it home to find that the stepmother had died and the father was there waiting for them. And they live happily ever after.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, but um, this is interesting. I haven't um, read this before. The fact that the mom was like, oh, we have to get rid of the kids. Or, like, I understand that, like, not having food is obviously... A big problem for her to go to that extent to be like oh we have to push the kids out um and I feel like it, like it's very common to see like the neglect of a mother mm-hmm. um but it's also very different to see that the father was so um wanting of them you can say I know that's, that that kind of sounds wrong but the fact that he kind of went against her and was like no those are my kids but I can also see that because he's a parent regardless you know what I mean
1: yeah I mean when I first read it I think I was more com- not really confused but it definitely broke the social standard of him being kind of more weak compared to the wife like he right. wasn't the dominant one in the relationship
2: i think it goes to show the different ways that children were seen back then during like the time period that tales were like rewritten by the brother's Grimm. it just shows that children were seen more as like an asset rather than something that you take care of and make sure they're good to go out into the world and like now they're more of an an investment
0: rather than something to help me like out on the farm i agree and i feel like it also is it's very like deceptive like this perception that we have but also the way that like the mother had these like malintentions so that within itself is very it's very shocking especially because people always talk about oh women have like this motherly nature and like despite her not being their like biological mom i think doing that is still cruel because they're children they're innocent you know what I mean
1: yeah and with Hansel and Gretel becoming so popular it has influenced society and maybe influenced people's opinions and perspective on women especially because they did make the women a witch and they kind of reinforced this kind of image of a mom a mother figure especially because of how relatable this story is bringing up poverty some extent cannibalism child abandonment i so true like parents can abandon you at any point especially the closest people that like you love right and i think it's so real that people can really resonate with the story making it scary
0: um adding on to what you were saying noelia i was thinking like similar to that We often blindly just believe our parents because they're our parents. Like that also ties into like being vulnerable. As a kid specifically, I feel like you're clueless and you tend to try to see like the good in things. Even if you don't intend to, I just think that's the mindset. You don't really look for harm like that. Even if people have told you, um, especially not from your parents, I think that's like blindsiding them in the sense that I believe them. I really wouldn't expect for anything negative to happen because they're they're your protectors. They're the ones that care for you, so. But that's possibly the reason as to why they don't show these stories to kids now, is because they don't want them to raise these suspicions against mm. their parents. They don't want them to think that, mm-hmm. oh, it's like we're we're telling you to do things because we want to hurt you. So that's maybe why, like compared to other stories, it's not that famous. Um, just overall the message they don't want kids to pick up on these things and enforcing that trust is very important with parental like relationships. Because I feel like now we like sanitize a lot of things so that they're fitting for like children and. They can mm-hmm. still hold on to this, like, sense of purity and innocence. I think it's, like, um, people don't want to socialize
2: their kids that way. They want right. them to trust their parents and, and follow, like, what they have to say to be, like, considered a good kid. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: I agree. There is an overall, like, reason as to why this isn't as big as, per se, Cinderella or stories that have been have, like, made it big, you know? i also think
2: because about the disney tales how they don't really acknowledge like
0: realistic problems in the world like poverty or like class difficulties Mm -hmm. i think that's a really good point like the whole disney scenario is like making useless problems and then somehow you end up in this like fairy tale ending and i feel like cinderella something similar to that in the sense that like they were mean to her for no reason but in hansel and gretel the mom had, like, malintentions, but it was also led by poverty. But what excuse was there for the stepmothers and the stepsisters in Cinderella? There really wasn't one. You know what I mean? It's more so not a factor you yeah. you control, whereas poverty is like, what can you really do? And I feel like that's more of a real issue in Cinderella. Yeah. It's you, It's not that common.
1: And these ones that they can relate are most likely the negative ones, more gory ones.
0: Right. To some extent, the more scarier ones are the most realistic I feel like fairy tales are also meant to distract people and pull them away from like reality, but this is yeah. showing reality. So again, that's also another reason why it's probably not like a household story per se.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, similar to this story, I've heard of one. It's called "Juniper Tree." I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Um, it's by the same brothers actually. Uh, the brothers Grimm wrote this story, and this story also focuses on family deception and is also one of the more gruesome fairy tales um and so we begin with the wife and her husband and she she's seen being under this big juniper tree in front of their house and she's like peeling an apple she cuts herself and she thinks oh how i wish that like i could have a kid because her and her husband had been trying for a kid and it just wasn't happening um once the boy was born she was actually so happy that she died after that the husband. Uh, found a second wife and obviously like the little boy was with him and with his second wife he had a daughter the thing is per usual the second wife hated the son and she of course favored her own which was the daughter um but yeah she really like picks at him the her little daughter was like oh can I have an apple and she was like oh yeah I can give it to you but then she was like oh can my brother have one and the mom was like no you like he can't Or he can't have it until he comes back from school. So she's like, you know what? Give me back the apple. You can't have it until your brother has it. So she's like, okay, that's fine. But like while this is happening, the brother's coming home from school. And she's like, she like puts on this face, but like you can see it in her eyes that she's like she has malintentions. And he kind of like he's in a like weird position because he's like, You look kind of off, but you're being nice. So I'm gonna take the offer. And so she goes and she offers him an apple. And so when he bends over to try to go into the chest to get the apple, she slams the chest on his head and she cuts it off. And, well, obviously, obviously she killed him. And so then she's, like, freaking out. And she's, like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? She goes, she grabs, she grabs, like, a handkerchief, Um, grabs his head, sits him in a chair, puts his head on his body, and then puts a scarf around it to kind of, like, make it seem like, Oh, he's fine. Nothing happened. But then shortly after her daughter comes out and she then like, um, tells her mom, Oh, I was talking to my brother, but he wasn't responding. And he looks like paler than usual. I don't know what's going on. And then the mom's like, huh, that's weird. And she's like, Oh, well maybe try talking to him again. And if he doesn't answer, then slap him, like slap him in the face. Yeah. And so then the little girl goes, okay, like I can do that. And she's talking to him and obviously he doesn't respond because he's dead. She slaps him and his head like rolls over she's freaking out she's like oh my god I killed my brother I killed my brother and then the mom's like we have to keep this like between us nothing happened you know we, we gotta get rid of the remains so on so forth and they then managed to cook him into stew to get rid of like any sort of evidence which is crazy then the dad comes home and he's like hey where's my son and she's <laughs> like um he actually went with his mother's grand uncle he's like what the like he didn't even like tell me anything about it he didn't like say farewell to me he didn't do anything and she's like oh it's fine he'll be back he's in good hands whatever he's like okay like i guess but he was upset about it i mean i think any parent should be upset and she goes she serves him the stew but it's obviously the stew that was made with his son he starts eating he's like oh my god this is so good like i've never had anything like this and he starts eating bowl after bowl after bowl to the point where he's like I don't want any of you guys to eat it it's all mine like i'm gonna eat it by myself and he starts going at and he's throwing the bones obviously the bones of his son like under the table and the little girl's like crying and (laughs) crying crying. she grabs like a silk like handkerchief collects the bones and throws them by the juniper tree and i don't know where the the little girl goes back inside turns out that um the little boy was in a sense like reincarnated into a little bird (laughs) and um he goes to like different people and he sings the song and everybody's like infatuated with the song and they're like sing it again but he's like no i won't sing it again unless you give me something so the first person gives him a gold chain the second person gives him um red shoes and the last person like it's like a metal piece it's like heavy metal piece and he wears it around his neck he ends up going back to the house and the dad comes out because he hears a song too so he's like oh my god this is like this is beautiful so he comes at the house too the bird, like, gives him the, the gold necklace that he had um, received. And it fit him perfectly. Then the little girl comes out. And the the bird gives her the, the red shoes. And she's, like, in love with them. And the mom <laughs> kind of had, like, an unsettling feeling. And she's, like, I don't want to go outside. But maybe I should. Like, maybe I'll feel better if I do. So she goes out. But the last thing that the bird had was, like, the medal. And he drops it on her. he kills her. And then... When that happens, he, like, reincarnates into, like, a human. He, like, gets with his um, little sister and his dad. And then they happen to live, like, a happily ever after. Which is crazy. Oh.
1: That's crazy. So much gory things happen. So many. And can we talk about how the mom didn't even tell the daughter what happened? She just still made her think that she killed her brother. Right? That's what I was thinking. Oh, yeah there's no sort of motherly love
0: yeah it was it was crazy when i read it i was like there's no way but i think this goes back and like plays into how not all fairy tales per se are light-hearted nor intended for children because i really wouldn't want a child to get their hands on this story
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. it does
1: kind of bring back that childish feel of a fairy tale when it talks about the bird it's singing and reincarnated Maybe right. some of the aspects that are more magical, if you would say. Mm-hmm. So maybe someone can argue that this was but, for children,
0: right? And like yeah. I think it also plays into like maybe the time when it was written. We really don't know what it was like in that time. You know, like what did they want to expose their kids to? More so, the type of things like, no, like let's just let's just expose them now so that later on they know like what to expect or they know that not everybody is like who they come off as teaching them not to trust everyone exactly i also think like if they were sharing this story with
2: kids would it also be teaching children that revenge is something like a good thing
0: that Hmm. i didn't think about that that's a good point that is a good point
2: because he does he ends up killing the mother right after she had like getting rid of him
0: mm-hmm.
2: so i would say like it's revenge on his end right but so is that really something that like should be taught to younger like readers right
1: revenge and karma are definitely prevalent
0: yeah mm. well maybe that could be like the happy ending to it like the whole karma aspect as far as like you do good you receive good you do bad you're gonna receive bad you know and mm-hmm. that within itself is a lesson i feel yeah it is
2: mm-hmm
1: Another aspect in this story was definitely cannibalism. Like, and this can be related to Hansel and Gretel because it's also kind of mentioning cannibalism by the witch. As much as we don't see this in real life, it's very real as well, which is really scary.
2: Yeah, if I had to think, like, of a real-life example of, like, cannibalism, that's somewhat similar to, like, the story. It makes me think of the Donner Party, which was... Um, basically like a group of American pioneers and of course like to survive they just had to do what they had to do and they resorted to cannibalism Um, and I think out of like 80 around 80 people that first were a part of the group I think only like around 48 survived so yeah that that's like a real life experience that I can think of so it just shows like even though it's not common it definitely has and can continue to happen
0: in real life. I've actually never read of this case. And, like, coming to think about it, it really is sad that people had to resort to this, you know? Like, to be in that moment of desperation and to think that, like, all you need to do is survive and you're eating somebody else. Like, that's insane to think about. Like, like it's just something that I've never been able to grasp. Like that moment of desperation, and I think that that alone is something to be thankful for. And the fact that these fairy tales kind of translate to real events is sometimes like shocking because it's two things you tend to separate. Sometimes we use fairy tales as like outlets to get away from real life, but that's usually when there's a good plot to it or a good storyline. Um, this is obviously a little bit more gruesome, a little bit more rough not so happily ever after but to think that like this story was kind of transcribed into real life is crazy to think i can't even imagine what those people felt like then you know
2: um but it also makes me think something more like historical i guess another like real life situation um would make me think of you know our traditional dish called pozole it's historical to like the aztec part of Mexican culture, and pozole is basically like this soup with, well now it's like pork and um, like corn, but historically, uh, it was actually made out of human sacrifices, and they would use human flesh instead of pork, which is what we use now, for the soup, which which is just something random that made that like uh what noelle said um about how it's it's not really common in real life but it's definitely a real situation so that those are the two things that came to mind when she mentioned that
0: that that is absolutely crazy it's one of my favorite dishes i always ask everyone like "Can can you please make it can you please make it can you please make it but I never knew the origin of it. Um kind of relates to Juniper tree, if you really come to think about it, because like the man literally ate his own son in stew form, which is essentially posole. It's just like your choice of meat.
1: And you can definitely see the comparison between Donner Party and Hazel and Gretel, because you could see that these people had no choice and them to even come to this like This decision of family deception or cannibalism due to poverty is crazy.
0: Um, On the note, um, I actually have a story that my mom told me about, like, one of her co-workers. And um, she said that, like, she was in Vegas because it was her birth. It was, like, she was in, like, twenty, like, mid-20s around. And she had Mm -hmm. gone out to Vegas. She was going to go party. Um, She goes to the club. She meets this nice guy. So on, so forth. And he's like, oh, like, let's go up to my room and she was like okay that that sounds like a plan you know she's like the night is young let's do this she goes with him she never comes back and so everybody's like what like what happened to our friend and the only reason that we know all of this was she had gone to vegas with her best friend so she obviously knew up until the point where like oh she was talking to this guy in the club he went wait so
2: your mom was there
0: no it it was my mom's friend oh okay, okay yeah and um so then her friend started telling her like oh like we were together you know like everything was fine she met this guy they went up she never came back down and we were worried because we're like hey what's wrong we kept calling her phone nothing was happening so then at this point everybody's like on their toes about it and they're like what's going on turns out comes out like a couple a couple nights later he himself the guy that she had went out with was a cannibal and he like slaughtered her in the room and he essentially like saved their Saved her parts like in the freezer and like so on so forth, and it obviously took a toll on like my mom because she knew her like on a personal note and she knew her best friend, and so you know hearing that story was very like very rough, you know. Did she ever Mm -hmm. give
1: you like stories like don't trust
0: men? Um, I think within that time because it was fairly recent, it was that like oh you can't go with anybody anywhere, but I feel like that's like that's just reality now. Like you really don't anybody.
2: Yeah, and it makes me think about um, this, like, Mexican folktale that's really popular in our culture. It's called La Llorona, and it's also known as The Weeping Woman. And it's basically a tale about a woman who drowned her two children and is doomed as a wandering ghost. And it is said that as she's, like, wandering the streets, she'll either, like, take children that she can find, mistaking it for her own. Going back to what Giselle said about not being able, like you never know who you can trust. It just made me think about that, especially because, you know, she was a mother. So yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. La Llorona is
1: definitely a prevalent like tale that are, I don't know about you, but like my parents used to tell it to me when I was little, kind of like a warning of trying to to scare us or something like that. Not necessarily a moral, but more to scare. And, yeah, although it was scary, I, I don't think I ever associated it with, like, oh, my my mom's going to do this to me. Actually, that's a lot. Because my, <laughs> my mom would be like, I'm going to do this to you if you don't do this. Like, she would kind of use it against me. Yeah. So, that's another reason why maybe these tales were put out there to kind of scare the children a little bit, give them a little bit oh. of scare.
2: Or, like, how like our like Mexican moms are usually like, oh, if you do this, that man's gonna take you. Yeah, yeah. I feel yeah. like it's kind of like lot.
0: that. And that kind of ties into mm-hmm. the story. Like, even your parents can like do these things, you know what I mean? It's, It really is crazy to think about.
1: And it's so weird breaking that line between fairy tales and reality because things like cannibalism, murders within families and child abandonment is not something that you really think about on a daily basis. When you hear these things in fairy tales, they make it kind of seem like these things don't necessarily happen as often. And that's why they're being surrounded by different magical conventions and are in these cells because it's imaginative. But no, they can really happen, which is crazy.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I feel like when they're included in stories, it's kind of, to me, it almost seems like it's...
1: Sugarcoating it a little bit?
2: Yeah, like, like they're not so shocked by it.
1: Yeah. These stories that we mentioned definitely support the idea that although these fairy tales are horror, gruesome, more relatable, that makes them more prevalent to not being told, but
2: they are still considered fairy tales. They're still considered fairy tales because they include like the magical elements throughout the story and then also, I guess, a happy ending in both stories and with these
1: realistic fairy tales being the horror ones with more gruesome aspects including poverty and family deception we need to stop limiting ourselves to what makes a fairy tale and the audience that it's for
0: yeah fairy tales aren't always intended for a kid audience and there's actually more than happy endings and a lot of the times the events that happen in those stories um can parallel what happened in real life so it really is just a matter of being cautious and Taking from these stories what you will and what applies to your situation.
1: And just like these fairy tales have taught us, the only people who can betray us are the ones
2: we trust. That concludes this episode of El Cuento. Thank you guys
0: for listening. We hope to see you next time or hear you next time.
2: Bye-bye.